And welcome everybody to the all new Threat Real podcast. My name is Matt Shear, and I will let my host introduce himself. Hello, and my name is Mikey K. Brown. And together we would like to bring you the Threat Real podcast. We're a new information security podcast, and we're here to talk about information security, news, and events, things related to threats, uh, whether it's in the enterprise environment or on folks' home networks. And tonight is more about giving you a background in who we are and what we do and why this matters the things we want to cover in this podcast and hopefully give folks a background and answer the questions that people might have before they need to ask them. So I will talk just briefly about myself. My name is Matt Shear and my employer doesn't want me talking about where I work, but I do have a full-time job as a uh, security engineer uh, for a large organization and I perform digital forensics and incident response work on the computer security incident response team. And I have been around IT and information security for more than 20 years. I also happen to run a local meetup group here in Cincinnati uh, around security called the Simpa Security SIG. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that later uh, in our show. And I'll let you Introduce yourself, Micah, and tell folks who you are and what you do, anything else you would like to share. Excellent. Uh, So much like you, Matt, I've been in information security, IT security for quite a while now. I graduated out of the University of Cincinnati and fell in love with the city and have been here ever since. With that being said, I also work for a very large financial slash insurance organization uh, of which my participation in this podcast is my personal views as an independent IT security practitioner. Within Cincinnati, I've been volunteering for over 10 years with the Greater Cincinnati ISSA, as well I'm, as, uh, as well as I'm also going through and volunteering with Queen CityCon. Excellent. And something I want to talk about as well is uh, maybe a little bit of our journey. So for myself, I'm from city called Mansfield, Ohio. When I'm speaking here locally with folks, I tell them I'm from just south of Cleveland originally, but I escaped. Uh, Truthfully, it's about 70 miles between Cleveland, Ohio, and Columbus, Ohio. Uh, It's sort of a uh, Rust Belt town, if you will, and it's where I was born and raised and spent a lot of my life there, and uh, not a lot of technology per se. It's a uh, destination people go to for uh, some things uh, such as Mid-Ohio, and I know you're a big race fan, so maybe you've been there. You can you know, tell us if you have or not uh, when I turn it over to you. And uh, Ski Lodge uh, called Snow Trails up on Mount Mansfield, which has uh, some of the state's best skiing, so that's sort of what, what folks know it for. Uh, if you're from there originally, you might know a few hidden gems uh, like Kingwood Center, uh, the Mount G's Scenic Overlook, and Neiman Spring, and uh, just some of those other things you, you tend to do when you're from somewhere and you explore. And uh, I moved to this greater Cincinnati area in very early 1999. Uh, interestingly, I took a job doing physical security kind of work, uh, and uh, but it got me relocated and uh, 
you know, from there I was actually able to get back into a technology-related job, uh, something I had a hard time finding back in my hometown, and uh, I paid a lot of dues along the way to get there. Uh, how about you, Micah? So, I grew up in northwest Ohio in a small town called Van, Van Wert, very similar to your uh, small town. In fact, I have been to both your hometown as well as mid-Ohio. Always a fun day when you're at the track. But I decided to join the University of Cincinnati. After graduating from the University of Cincinnati, I took a, uh, a junior role with a very small boutique IT security organization here within the Cincinnati area. And that allowed me to really get my hands on supporting technology uh, such as firewalls, such as IDSs, IPSs, going through as responsible for making sure that the servers were patched. If there was anything going on in the audit logs, I was able to go through troubleshoot research and uh, fix that. After about a year and a half, I was given a fantastic opportunity to jump over to a local MSSP in the area, which I spent a or several years there. And initially, I started out as a network security engineer for them, so doing full stacks, routers, switches, firewalls, telephony. And by the time I had been there for several years, I was given a great opportunity to join my current employer, where I'm on the architecture and engineering. So I'm kind of on the team that I often refer to as, as, as our own internal professional services. So I will get either brought into an existing project or tasked with leading a project for implementing some sort of security control or bringing a new control into our environment. Excellent. And uh, I, I know for myself, the journey to information security was really the point where I knew I wanted to do it because uh, I get asked about this uh, on a Somewhat, somewhat frequent basis is, uh, you know, how I got interested in it in the first place. And uh, the truth is that, uh, and I've told this story before, uh, but uh, in, I want to say around 1995, uh, my father used to bring home, he worked for a telephone company, uh, and he was actually an accountant, but uh, he was one of the few at the time that you know, sort of understood computers and technology, uh, at least well enough, he had a passing interest in it. And uh, to keep himself updated on industry trends, he would read a uh, magazine called Information Week, and he would frequently bring those home and share them with me. And it was one of those few things where we had a common interest and we could kind of bond over it a little bit. So I would uh, read through that magazine, and I want to say it was in a 1995 edition uh, where Dan Farmer had made the news. He had released a uh, open source vulnerability scanner, and it was sort of the first open source one that encompassed multiple vulnerability checks in it. Prior to that, there had been a lot of individual tools and so forth, and there were commercial solutions, but nobody had really open-sourced a uh, big uh, vulnerability scanner that would check for a lot of different vulnerabilities. And it was called Satan, which stood for the Security Analysis Tool for Analyzing Networks. And while everybody was sort of blown away by the tool and the fact that he was just giving it away and what it would mean for uh, the future of network security, which was 
really an afterthought in those days. Uh, the thing that really struck me was he was working for Sun Microsystems at the time, and his sole career focus was doing computer security work. And I had never heard of anybody who could just focus on information security for a living. Uh, that sort of intrigued me. And, uh, you know, as, as a, uh, <laughs> I'll just call myself a kid at the time, it was really uh, enthused me that, you know, I thought that would just be the coolest job ever, and it took me, honestly, over 20 years to, from that point on, before I finally got my first opportunity in information security, uh, but that was one of the big things that piqued my interest. Uh, of course, prior to that, I'd always been interested in, in you know, stories of hacking-related topics that would occasionally make the news because somebody would do something that, you know, people hadn't originally anticipated somebody being able to do. Uh, so those kind of stories stuck with me as well as, you know, the movie War Games uh, was sort of the first thing that, you know, sort of really showed a little bit of something representational of true hacking. Uh, how about you, Micah? What were your interests? What sort of, you know, it was what was your path like? So if growing up, while I had part of my time was very much focused on going outdoors, camping, a lot of my other time, I just really had always been drawn to technology. For some reason, technology spoke more to me than people. I got technology a little bit better. And just from back in the day, I can remember things like going through and there used to be, I forget the name of this, but the first uh, I guess I'd have to say vulnerability that I, or tool that I had used to go through and to launch a certain or attack would have been something, I forget what it was called, but it was, uh, if you remember old ICQ, there was this program that you could download and you could boot somebody off, remote lock them, their account. And it was, I remember being absolutely blown away to that. And, uh, you know, when I started, I was more, at least professionally, I started out more on being the help desk slash local data center guy for a very, very small niche company that gave me incredible opportunities going through and working for an MSSP on the front lines. I mean, that was like drinking from a fire hose, but I really understood on a guttural level, you know, how networking components came together. And that was always really cool. I utilized a lot of uh, Cisco education and Cisco uh, training platforms. Uh, at one point in just a year and a half, I had earned four out of the five Cisco networking professional uh, certification. So I had the MP, the voice professional, the security professional, and then the inter-networking professional. And the more that I read, the more I was intrigued by all of the hacker culture, all of the new tools, learning about Metasploit, uh, turning up something as simple as Kali Linux and uh, doing those types of attack the box that you legally own and illegally are allowed to go through an attack. Excellent. Yeah, it's definitely good stuff. And yeah, I remember back in the day, yeah, those early chat programs and, and websites and AOL itself, uh, there were all sorts of applications to, you know, that people used to use to try to boot and punt people and, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of other stuff. And uh, it, it can even go back to the old Trojans of like, you know, Netbus and people compromising people's early Windows systems and spitting out their, you know, their CD tray and, you know, <laughs> ejecting stuff and just, you know, doing 
screen grabs and whatever else, just, you know, random silly stuff that people could use. And, you know, Back Orifice was another one of those and, and Back Orifice 2K and, you know, a lot of those Trojan things that would, you know, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people did sort of start just because they had that juvenile sense of humor about them, right? And then they sort of evolved into actually taking the stuff seriously. So fun times. I remember when I was at UC, uh, I was living in the engineering floors of the dorm. And uh, if you were to plug in anywhere on campus, your computer, you actually got a public IP address. And I was blown away. I stood up my own FTP server so I could uh, go through and access my computer from anywhere on campus. We also went through and had some of the most reliable and fastest Quake and Unreal Tournament servers anywhere in the world. Nice. Yeah, we all had different various methods of, of having fun in our own ways back in those early days. Uh, I'm not sure how much of it I would want to admit to, uh, in part because there, you know, who knows what statute of limitations are, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely stuff I can look back on uh, fondly and uh, remember back in those early days. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely remember the, you know, those uh, Unreal Tournament and Quake servers and uh, all the, the fun involved in those sort of things. Uh, I was never particularly great at the first-person shooter, you know, tournament-style things. I dabbled them a little bit. Everybody used to yell at me for being a camper because that was, you know, I figure it was easier to try to hide and play dirty than it was to, you know, <laughs> be outclassed in a, uh, you know, fair... Uh, <laughs> Fair fight back in those days. Um, yeah, and then I people hated me on a LAN party, right? Because everybody else was playing the game. I was I was busy playing the game outside the game and uh, having maybe a little too much fun with uh, other people in the network. Um, that was to me was more interesting than the first person shooters themselves, and in most cases, and you know, people didn't really understand it, and it was it was just fun fun times and really it was uh, uh, you know like i said sort of playing the game outside the game just just for the the fun of it and the fact i was better at it so i want to talk a little bit about us kind of coming to work together and uh you know i i want to say my recollection of us first meeting were at maybe uh some of the old um older Cincinnati SMBA, the Security Masters of Beer Appreciation Meetup Groups, uh, was run by Jody at the time, and now it runs is run by our good friend Barry Kimball. Uh, and of course, with the pandemic, has gone online only, but used to be on premises. And uh, yeah, we kind of chatted a little bit there, um, but it wasn't a whole lot. And then I remember we ended up at a couple events together. Uh, trying to think i think you mentioned cisco earlier i want to say that we spent some time at a uh you know sort of a product review introduction uh you know that where they kind of went through the updated stuff in their product catalog um at uh a, you know it was like a lunch and learn event but i want to say where we really started talking though is at uh, DerbyCon 7 and it was one of those things where you know I just got to the hotel walking in the lobby it was just getting ready to open up I needed to get to the registration desk and I did and then I came back down um, but uh, you know I had picked up my my speaker badge there so at DerbyCon 7 I spoke there giving a talk on regex and I walked into that conference thinking I would be the only person with a mom-centered slide deck 
maybe in the history of DerbyCon, and it was no time later when John Strand is giving the opening keynote and giving a real tear-jerking, um, one of the best keynotes I ever heard, but boy, it was heart-wrenching, because of course his, his mom went through a tough time, and unfortunately he eventually lost her, but that was just, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things like, man, no, so much for me having the only mom slide deck here, and John just, uh, you know, <laughs> one up me for sure, maybe, maybe 10 up me for that matter um but uh yeah we got a chance to chat in the lobby and uh it was it was kind of fun and uh i think i was trying to crack a joke about uh you know you were talking about some of your your growing pains with dlp or something what what do you remember about that that day and time so yeah so i think you have a lot of things correct we definitely knew of each other because we swam in some similar groups, but it really was DerbyCon 7 where our friendship really formed. And I remember uh, I was coming out of the hotel and uh, you were, or we found each other out in that little breezeway. And I said, hey, I'm going to get some food. Do you want to come? You're like, yeah, let's go to Smashburger. So we walked over to Smashburger and we were 10 minutes early uh, before they actually opened. So we decided instead of waiting for the epic Smash Burger event that happened that year, Trevor, and uh, instead we went and got a Chipotle. Yeah, I remember that, and we were kind of perplexed, like why is Smash Burger closed all of a sudden? And uh, I and I think while we were in Chipotle, maybe my memory isn't so good on this because that was a few years ago, but um, my recollection is that you showed me. The uh, famous tweet. Uh, you want you want to talk about that right after our break? Thank you for listening to the all-new Threat Real Podcast. Join security engineer practitioners and show hosts Matt Shear and Micah Brown for new episodes on the second and fourth Friday each month. Available on all major podcast hosting platforms. With a technical focus, the Threat Real Podcast interviews industry peers, discusses information security news, covers industry events, and reviews trends in cybersecurity. Visit us online at threatreal.com. Threat Real. Would you like to hear your organization's ad playing during the next episode of the Threat Real podcast, or perhaps sponsor a monthly banner ad on ThreatReal.com? We are now accepting sponsorships. To get in on our affordable ground floor flat rate pricing for 2021, please contact us by emailing sponsor at ThreatReal.com for additional details. That's sponsor at ThreatReal.com. As frequent speakers at information security conferences across the country, Threat Real podcast hosts Matt Shear and Micah Brown understand the importance of protecting valuable data. Compromised and rogue wireless access points make it possible for cybercriminals to hijack your data in transit, then steal login credentials, digital photos, financial data, personally identifiable information, private messages, and more. The best way to protect that information, other than powering down all your electronics, is by tunneling wireless connections through a securely encrypted VPN tunnel. Matt and Micah recommend using a VPN service, offering extensive cross-platform support. ThreatRail podcast listeners are eligible for up to a 68% discount off NordVPN services. 
please visit threatreel.com slash NordVPN for details. Again, that's threatreel.com slash NordVPN. And we're back, so Micah, go ahead and tell us about Trevor. The Twitter app was constantly blowing up around uh, Trevor and Trevor Forget. Uh, DerbyCon really used Twitter as its unofficial uh, dialogue at that time. And so I go through and uh, there was a picture of a little speck on a wrapper from Smashburger. And uh, one of the guys that... uh, volunteers with them pretty heavily grifter went through and posted a message to the effect of hey DerbyCom family just so you know uh when i was at smash burger getting a milkshake i made a new friend i named him trevor and trevor was a dead cockroach and uh matt how about you tell us a little bit about the um the cult following of trevor <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that was one of those interesting things because nobody expects to take a slurp from their milkshake and and something weird comes through the straw and it's not a chunk of strawberry. It's it's a dead bug and in particular a cockroach and uh, you know it it spread like wildfire pretty quickly around the conference and then everybody knew uh, what was going on and I remember we were kind of talking like wow we just nearly missed like that could have been either one of us uh, had we been there getting a milkshake uh, just a little bit before that so uh, it was definitely a narrow miss to it happening to to one of us but of course it it took on a life of its own and uh, grifters since given a talk about it uh, not long afterwards at Saint Con, uh, but uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff came out of it. A lot of great stuff came out of it. Um, not so much for Smashburger, but uh, you know, in terms of charities and and just you know, charitable contributions and so forth. That was right when uh, hurricanes, I believe, if I'm remembering right, they'd hit. Puerto Rico, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were able to get ham radio equipment there. They were able to raise funds for relief efforts, and you know, bottles of water, and just all sorts of stuff. And uh, it was just this amazing outpouring from the community. But uh, of course, people played it up. Uh, my I remember people had built a shrine uh, in front of the Smashburger, uh, in particular underneath the A rating from the Louisville Health Department uh, <laughs> under that sign that, uh, you know, there were like those little, you know, battery-powered teacup candles and uh, some other, you know, cards and flowers and you name it, all manner of stuff. And when somebody would go over to, you know, some unsuspecting visitor to Louisville uh, would start walking to see what the fuss was about people would start shouting trevor and and uh of course uh yeah people were uh <laughs> playing it up for all it was worth i saw some funny pictures of you know people you know pretending to mourn and grieve and so forth uh so it really became a big deal and then uh people had started up this hashtag of hashtag trevor forget uh so it really became a, a popular thing um and then after that, uh, we kept kind of bumping into each other at other conferences and so forth. And uh, the one thing I really appreciated is you saying, you know, just kind of talking about 
um, the stuff I had done and, and just sort of remarking and saying, you know, you really give a lot back to the community because uh, I give a lot of presentations to a lot of conferences and so forth. And I really appreciated that because, you know, it, you spend a lot of time in the community and, and trying to do good things and, and you know, help educate people and mentor people and help people get job interviews, help them prepare for jobs, uh, those sort of things. And, uh, you know, when you're out there sharing knowledge and so forth, it, it really feels good to just sort of have somebody recognize that and bring it up. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. And it's one of those things where, you know, I was doing my own thing with the ISSA. You were doing things with your SIMPA security SIG, Barry was taking over ownership of the SMBA. Uh, let's see, Gary also, he was going through and he was also working with our local ISE squared chapter. And so what kind of happened was that every time we go to a different security play or security event, you know, I'd have three great friends that I can just go through, have lunch with, that we can just say, oh, what, what have you seen here that's cool? This is what I've seen here that's cool. This is what vendor has the best swag. Yeah, it definitely was a good time that we were able to uh, interact with one another. And uh, Cincinnati really has an unknown amount of good people here that do amazing work and amazing things. Uh, you know, nationally, I read about you know things going on in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, Austin, Boston, New York, Research Park, and Seattle. The Philadelphia paper was talking up one of their meetup groups. Uh, I read something maybe you know about a year and a half ago talking about hey if you want to be a hacker you should be here in dallas texas because we've got these groups and blah 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 you know we don't really see that going on in cincinnati and maybe it's our our humble midwestern upbringing where we just don't feel like we want to go out there and and brag and toot our own horns and really talk stuff up um as much uh, or just maybe, you know, the Cincinnati Inquirer just doesn't realize that we're, we're out there doing the kinds of things that we are doing uh, in, you know, some of the other media outlets. Uh, we do have a couple of folks that I do want to give props and credit to, though. One of them is Dave Hatter, who is frequently on local radio. And what I like about Dave Hatter is that he will talk about stuff going on that would impact consumers at a level which non-technical people can understand what's going on. He has an amazing ability to communicate that sort of material. Uh, another individual is our good friend Dave Howard. Known on the air locally is Dave the IT guy. Uh, currently runs the Bring Your Own Security radio show and uh, he has had us on that show uh, several times. Uh, what I like about Dave is he will just tackle any topic and he tries to vary it up and cover things uh we're gonna have you know a little bit of that ourselves uh i want to focus maybe a little more on threats and we'll talk about that here in a little bit but uh as for myself i know i've been on bring your own security radio uh, multiple times and uh have learned a lot from those experiences and of course he's a fantastic interviewer when it comes to having guests on his program and uh, I've also been on Ken Underhill's Cyber Life, which is sort of focused on breaking into the computer security industry and, uh, you know, sort of helping folks along their journey and so forth and understand what it means to have a career and 
you know, sort of tips and tricks for, for doing that. Uh, so it's, it's really a mentorship outreach, sort of a podcast. Uh, and then I've also been interviewed on, um, a podcast based out of Pittsburgh called Moscow Mules and Knop Sleds. And that podcast is sort of focused on the personalities and the things that we do in information security. Uh, and then just some of our like own personal interests and the things that we're involved in. Um, I, you know, I don't know anybody that just does, you know, computer security that doesn't also do other things. And for me that, you know, I do a lot of custom uh, infosec related digital artwork mostly for my own material uh, the group I run the Simpa security sig but also uh, any slide decks I build out I try to do as much custom graphic work as, as possible and you know I've also got other things outside of work busy family life and and so forth and of course a uh, very demanding full-time job but uh, you know that's just uh, some of my podcast experience and uh, those have been great experiences and uh, I know you've got some of those as well what would you like to share so yeah I I've been on Mr. Howard's podcast uh, but most of my talking has really been at the small to medium IT security conferences DerbyCon played such a fundamental role in maturing me as an IT security practitioner especially DerbyCon 7 And uh, in working with you, you know, I came to you and I said, look, I know that you have spoken at DerbyCon. I'm really, I had a great time there. Can you help put me on a path where I could go through and I could start submitting to speak at various conferences? And I've had some pretty big successes, including uh, the final DerbyCon 9. I gave a uh, probably my favorite talk of all time that I've ever given, how to cook a five-star meal from the convenience of your hotel room, in which I cooked four pork butts, two steak dinners, one chicken dinner in my hotel room and gave it all away. Yeah, I remember that talk. It was uh, awesome and well-received. And I, I wanted to come up on stage and give you a big hug right afterwards. Uh, I think somebody got between us and I couldn't quite manage to get my way up there. So, uh, you know, here in these pandemic times, uh, virtual hug from, from me to you, Micah. And uh, that was uh, that was a fun talk. And, you know, I want to thank you again for just even, even mentioning me in that, something you certainly didn't have to do. And I know I appreciated it at the time and still do. So thank you very much for that. Well, it was your inspiration and support that got me to the confidence level where I submitted both DerbyCon 8 and DerbyCon 9, as well as uh, some of the other big wins that I've had in my career. One thing that I do want to highlight, at least uh, since part of our goal is to elevate things, especially in the local Cincinnati area, is I know that we have both had some great relationships and great times at NKU Cybersecurity Symposium. And that is always one of my favorite uh, conferences within the Cincinnati area. So I've been honored to uh, give them a couple ideas for what they can do this upcoming year. And I think it's going to be really cool. Excellent. Yeah, we've definitely hit the road together. And and 
by the way, for our listeners, that's a coordinated effort because it's just sort of fun when you have somebody to go in with and do these things and hang out with. Um, so I know we've coordinated and I've reached out to you. You've reached out to me like, hey, so-and-so is uh, looking for speakers and they've opened up the CFP or they've extended the deadline. And uh, so we've spoken in a number of places together, like Secure World Cincinnati, uh, the Ohio Information Security Conference in Dayton, Ohio, Um uh, Central Ohio Information Summit out of uh, Columbus. Yes. Yeah, very good conference, as well as the Ohio Information Security Forum Anniversary Conference in Dayton, Ohio. Several others, NKU Cybersecurity Symposium. I don't know if we spoke on the same years on that one, but kind of like DerbyCon. I know I spoke at DerbyCon 5 and DerbyCon 7. Uh, in fact, DerbyCon 5 was my the first conference I spoke at, and you know that was that was definitely a little nerve wracking because you know who the audience is. You've got some <laughs> of the best hackers, literally in the country, consequently the world, that show up to this thing, and even even a few people from international places, and uh, they're coming to Louisville for DerbyCon, and you you know you can't just sort of <laughs> fudge your way through a talk there, you're going to get called out if you don't know what you're talking about or you're saying things that are incorrect. And so it's, you, you feel the, a little bit of pressure from that level of scrutiny because of the, who the audience there is. Um, and yeah, some of my favorite conferences to speak at were definitely the DerbyCon events. And uh, I've also spoken at, at five B-Sides conferences uh, in four different cities. So uh, that's been, been good for me. Uh, I've enjoyed that. Um, what what are some highlight conferences for you that you've spoken at? Well, don't forget about all of the fun times that we've had in Indianapolis at Circle CityCon. That is always up for some cheeky fun there. So I've spoken at many of the same conferences that you also alluded to. Uh, I think one thing that I have a little bit different is that I was accepted to McAfee's Empower in 2019. So that was a pretty cool little conference. Of course, it's focused almost exclusively on the leveraging of McAfee products, but I was speaking there on DLP. Um, You know, DerbyCon definitely was the conference I wanted to speak at the most, but uh, we're going to talk about it a little later, but I've got uh, a really cool win coming up this year. Great. Yeah, I totally forgot to bring up Circle City Con, which is uh, shameful on my part because that's absolutely one of the uh, hacker conferences that is within a quick driving distance. It's uh, definitely near the top of my list. Fantastic conference every year. Uh, I haven't looked to see if they're going to be, you know, what they're thinking, if they're going to be virtual again or, you know, maybe postpone it till next year or if they're going to give you know, possibly meeting on-premises a, a chance. Uh, it might be a little early. I, th- I want to say that usually runs in June, so y- you can correct me if you know better than I do. Uh, definitely a good one, and I believe that same time you were at Empower, I was actually in Dallas, Texas at the ISSA International Summit, and that was my first time giving a talk called Lend Me Your IRs, which was um, about instant response, and really one of my favorite talks because I do live demo reenactments of actual investigations and I would show the technical underpinnings of both the attacker side from the offensive security standpoint and then also from the uh, investigation side on the uh, defensive front. Excellent. Uh, One of the 
fun, more fun things that we've done at a con was at Circle City one year, you helped chip in with a meetup that uh, we held in which uh, we gave away an entire pork but just to promote our local IT security groups in Cincinnati. And that was that was just a fun uh, little rogue experiment. Yep, you're absolutely right. Uh, thanks for bringing that up because uh, that was definitely a, a good thing, uh, fun times on that. Um, so we've talked a lot about the conferences and so forth because I think we both get a lot out of them and learn a lot by attending them. And we've been blessed to be able to share some of our knowledge on those and uh, it's definitely been been good times for for both of us along the way uh, and that's what's made it fun for me is just kind of going to some of these same conferences and we get to hang out and you know we get to speak at some of them and and uh, even if we don't speak at some of them we get a chance to uh, sit on each other's talks and you know as well as a lot of other ones and you know learn from our our industry peers and there's always just good variety of topics at uh, you know particularly some of these multi-track conferences where it honestly gets kind of tough to pick and choose what you want to sit on sit in on and what you want to listen to um, so why don't we go ahead and, and transition and we'll talk a little bit about some of our local community involvement because we've both been heavily involved in the local information security meetup group scene. Uh, I know I've spoken at uh, a lot of our local technology groups and uh, that's been been great fun and it's it's always been well received so I've enjoyed it. Um, I run the Simpo Security SIG which is the Cincinnati Networking Professionals Association Security Special Interest Group. So many words, we just call it the SIMPA Security SIG, but uh, it's SIMPA is a nonprofit, uh, volunteer-run, completely unpaid um, individuals that will essentially help other local technology professionals. It's really a peer group of technology professionals helping other technology professionals. And SIMPA has several special interest groups. And I happen to run the group that is dedicated to security, the security special interest group or security SIG. And uh, I've been running that uh, officially for probably about three and a half years now. And one thing I've always tried to do is sort of recreate that uh, DerbyCon B-sides kind of feel and vibe to it. Um, Obviously, we have about a two and a half hour monthly meeting, uh, so not near as long. We don't have multiple tracks and we don't have (laughs) workshops and training sessions and, you know, a lot of the things you'll find at the bigger conferences. But in terms of the talks and the speakers, we actually boast a lot of former DerbyCon speakers have spoken for the Simpa Security SIG. I'm very proud of that. I myself, as, as we've talked about, have spoken there, uh, both at B-Sides events and Derby Cons and a lot of other places. And so I try to vary it up a lot. Uh, I will try to you know, cover a lot of different ground with a lot of topics. Mostly we're a very technically focused group that focuses on developing skills for in-the-trenches security practitioners. Uh, It's not to say we won't sometimes take a step off the beaten path and do some other topics, uh, but really our bread and butter is is focused on the technical aspects uh, of working professionals. And uh, I've booked some really well-known speakers, and it's a great core group of folks, and uh, you've been attending those for quite a while, so thank you for that. Micah, after our break, I'd like to get your thoughts on our local information security group involvement. 
thank you for listening to the all-new Threat Real podcast. Join security engineer practitioners and show hosts Matt Shear and Micah Brown for new episodes on the second and fourth Friday each month. Available on all major podcast hosting platforms. With a technical focus, the Threat Real podcast interviews industry peers, discusses information security news, covers industry events, and reviews trends in cybersecurity. Visit us online at ThreatReel.com. ThreatReel. Would you like to hear your organization's ad playing during the next episode of the ThreatReel podcast, or perhaps sponsor a monthly banner ad on ThreatReel.com? We are now accepting sponsorships. To get in on our affordable ground floor flat rate pricing for 2021, please contact us by emailing sponsor at ThreatReel.com for additional details. That's sponsor at ThreatReel.com. As frequent speakers at information security conferences across the country, ThreatReel podcast hosts Matt Shear and Micah Brown understand the importance of protecting valuable data. Compromised and rogue wireless access points make it possible for cybercriminals to hijack your data in transit, then steal login credentials, digital photos, financial data, personally identifiable information, private messages, and more. The best way to protect that information, other than powering down all your electronics, is by tunneling wireless connections through a securely encrypted VPN tunnel. Matt and Micah recommend using a VPN service offering extensive cross-platform support. ThreatReal podcast listeners are eligible for up to a 68% discount off NordVPN services. Please visit ThreatReal.com NordVPN for details. Again, that's ThreatReal.com NordVPN. And we're back. Micah, go ahead and share your favorite memories from Simpa Security SIG meetings. There's two that uh, really stood out to me. Uh, the last one that we had in person, you had uh, one of our uh, IT security heroes, Dave Kennedy, come down, and we had some darn good barbecue that day. Oh, oh man, that brisket, chicken, pork, smoked sausage. That was phenomenal and so much fun to uh, put together with you. And then uh, then you kind of got me back with the little April Fool's Day presentation, <laughs> smoking from your armpit. And, you know, I was out doing my walk. It was very early in the morning on April Fool's when you sent that joke notification out. But you got me. I'm man enough to say that you got me. But... When it was an appropriate time, I called you up and I said, I think you've got something really good. I think people need a good laugh. So uh, so we actually turned that into a live event as a as a bonus. Yes, you're absolutely right. We did. And that was that was just something funny. Yeah, and ironically, I want to say I had thought of that just after April Fools in 2019. <laughs> and I sat on that material for an entire year just about. Uh, and I was just chomping at the bit to put it out there and I was hoping I wouldn't spill the beans myself because it's it, it was I I thought it was so hilarious. It was hard to keep it to myself. And so, yeah, I came up with the title, of course, inspired by your love of making barbecue and so the the title was uh 
hacking barbecue with your raspberry Pi, aka smoking from your arm pit. Of course, arm is a throwback to the CPU architecture that Raspberry Pis are built on. And so, uh, yeah, that was that was great fun. And uh, of course, I, I had written a silly kind of. Uh, bio for you that was it started with a true statement and then just kind of got a little silly from there uh but it was based on things that you know i you know i know you're interested in like you know you talked a little bit about car racing and so forth and uh you know kind of a throwback to the uh speedway thing and and uh you know (laughs) motor speedways and so forth and uh you know and i knew you also uh we're working on DLP projects and so forth. So, and you even plugged my uh, regex talk that I gave at DerbyCon Seven, and mm-hmm. so I had to throw in there that uh, you know <laughs> you had DLP regex patterns printed on your bed sheets, and just it, it was nothing hateful or mean spirited or anything. It was just funny stuff that was very lighthearted, and and you know at the time maybe people remember, but you know we were only a you know, a few weeks into the whole COVID lockdown uh, Mm -hmm. situation we find ourselves in now. So it was, uh, I I hope the humor was appreciated at a time when people needed it the most. More than you ever know. I had so much fun putting together that presentation and even more fun giving it for everyone. Uh, But you are correct. I do have a passion for smoking fine meats and cocktails. So, but, but with respect to the, Greater Cincinnati ISSA. I've been volunteering with that group in many different roles throughout the years, but uh, we're a local IT security group. We tend to focus on finding presenters that have vendor agnostic presentation. So we're not really trying to go through and necessarily look for vendor talks. I feel that, you know, if I call a company and say, hey, I want to learn about your product, they're pretty much going to book as soon as possible. So we're looking for independent IT security practitioners. We do about an hour talk and about an hour, a little bit, little more, little less of just networking. And our, our general target audience is usually IT security, uh, although we have some CISOs that regularly attend, but we also like to have uh, the common practitioner and we even have some more general IT people that are trying to break in or that just need to go through and ask for a little bit of help. And so we, we really are there to try to be that basic level IT security group. Now, we have a friend, Barry, who has the security MBA, which I think, Matt, I, am I wrong when I say that it is the hoppiest IT security group in the city? I'd say that's a fair statement. And, uh, yeah, you forgot to mention that uh, one time you got so desperate for a speaker at ISSA, you asked me to come in and give that um, talk on Lemmy or IRs again. So, But it was well received. People really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it was uh, I was glad to do it. And, uh, yeah, I have sampled um, some of your fine smoked products, and they are out-of-the-park good stuff. Uh, I've had... A number of pretty much everything you make, I think, and uh, it's always been been fantastic. So uh, you definitely take it serious, and you're you're very good at, at uh, cooking up some very fine barbecue and smoked uh, products. Do you remember the uh, sandwich that I made for uh, for you, for Mr. Kennedy, for Barry, for Jan uh, when we had Mr. Kennedy come? 
It was a real nice brioche bun, a strip of brisket on the bottom, then depending on each person's choice, uh, some pulled pork or pulled chicken, little bit of uh, smoked sausage on top of that, melted just barely, a little bit of sharp cheddar and drizzled, a little bit of barbecue sauce in a double helix before going through and presenting it to, to you. That was fantastic. That was one of the best sandwiches I've ever had, uh, hands down. So uh, thank you again. And uh, all right, so hopefully it gives folks a, a good idea on us and who we are. Uh, let's talk about Threat Reel itself uh, just briefly here. Um, this is atypical of, of a show that we plan on going forward. Uh, really, we want to focus on covering threats and so forth. Um, the inspiration for it um, so I, <laughs> I have a uh, warped sense of humor, and uh, I was working for an employer as a system administrator one time, and uh, we were trying to come up with ideas of what we would want to put in a new data center that was being built uh, for a planned, uh, well, really, entire business relocation. And I thought about it. We had most of the bases covered that I could think of, and so I suggested, well, we should order this reel-to-reel tape and just, like, put it on a box and have a uh, motor on an Arduino that will just kind of have the tape spindles move backward and forward at random intervals and, and so forth. Just sort of thinking back to those sci-fi movies of the 70s and in through the 80s where you know that was the typical data center scene, right? You would have these big boxes, the blinky lights and the tape reels spinning back and forth and just thought it would be, be funny. Um, <clears throat> so that was sort of the joke that stuck with me on uh, having reel-to-reel stuff and then... Uh, you know, I always thought if I had a podcast, I would want to focus on on threats uh, because I know the ones I've been on have had different focuses, and uh, you know I think it's cool because they all serve their own little niche. Uh, but for myself, I really wanted something that uh, you would kind of get into the heart of the stuff that you and I, as as security engineer professionals, deal with on a recurring, you know, seemingly recurring basis, um, and sometimes the you know, the variables at play are a little bit different, uh, different vendors, different products, different attack types, uh, those kind of things. But going forward, those are the kind of things that I think we want to talk about. Um, and then also I wanted to talk real quick about the music that we use in this podcast. Uh, neither of us are particularly competent at composing music. I'm sure if I had enough time and energy, but I don't have that stuff to devote to learning it i could have eventually come up with something but honestly i don't think it would be quite as good as what we got uh have a a friend that a uh, longtime friend we go back all the way to elementary school his name is dave whitener and uh he is a talented musician and composer um in his spare time but he's been doing that stuff since we were you know, i want to say early in high school and he was actually working on original music composition stuff back then and so i had reached out to him really as my first call saying hey we're thinking of doing this podcast uh, i don't hear a lot of these with music in them but i would like to to do that um and have an introduction uh theme song for it and uh you know things as we come in and out of breaks and stuff like that so i reached out to him and uh he i threw a lot of different random 
thoughts and like these just crazy influences that were all over the map of sort of what I thought was interesting and, and he took all of that stuff and funneled it into the intro song that we have and uh, all the music that we use in the uh, the podcast so I definitely want to say thanks to him uh, and if you like the music here you can check out some of his other work at davewhitener.com slash music and would encourage folks to do that um, and then uh, just yeah my, my hopes for this podcast are that uh, going forward we can dig into the newsworthy the important security topics that are impacting us on a recurring basis and well or just you know the things that are impacting us that we have to work with and face on a daily basis Um, so those are typically what i think we want to do going forward that's why this is episode zero is our pilot just to kind of introduce ourselves to folks let them know who we are what our backgrounds are and i think that we've we've done that um so with that i would let you go ahead and share your thoughts, Micah, on you know what we plan to do and what you want to get out of the podcast and what you hope our listeners will get out of listening to us in the future. Sure. Thank you for that, Matt. Uh, you know, I have been very passionate of going through and giving back. <laughs> the only reason where I've gotten to where I am within my career is because other people have helped me. So I want to use this to go through and to give back to the community through whether it's promoting various local events that are going on, highlighting people that are doing real good out there in the community. I definitely want to see if we can highlight some of those really talented people within our organizations, within our groups, and make sure that they are recognized. I know that uh, you've seen that I've been working with a couple of people helping them either create their own CFPs or even going through and working to create an entire talk with somebody that has never really given a talk before and uh, helping them go from recreation to full execution. So I'm hoping that uh, this is just going to be another way in which we can give back and have just a little bit of fun. Great. Thank you for that. And yeah, mentorship is is very important to me as well. Uh, It's something that we both take very seriously and we do a lot of and uh you know we're we're not out there to try to make ourselves you know pat ourselves on the back for our efforts but we both have those same motivations and drivers because we want to see the cincinnati information security scene flourish and we're trying to extend that a little bit which is sort of the other part of this podcast to expand our reach a little bit and hopefully provide information that helps other working information security professionals or people that are looking to become that uh, in in their paths. So that's something that we I think we both take very seriously and uh, definitely hope to do uh, going forward. And you mentioned events, so why don't we go ahead and wrap up our show by sort of talking about some of the events that we're involved with. And the first thing I want to talk about is I am going to be giving a talk at WAMSA, which is the Women's Security Alliance, and it's going to be a panel discussion on increasing the talent pool in Central and Southwest Ohio, and that is going to be on Thursday, April 15th 
from 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time to 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And details are available at their website, which is wamsa.org. And also, uh, I want to talk real quick about the April SIMPA Security SIG meeting that I'm running. Uh, that is going to be on Thursday, April 15th from 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, starting half an hour earlier than usual because it is a three-hour workshop. And what this is, is it's a live, uh, hands-on workshop for investigation and threat hunting. Uh, it's a virtual hands-on workshop with Palo Alto Networks and I'm um, partnering with them to deliver that and give folks some opportunity to get some real hands-on experience. And even if people aren't using their products, those same threat hunting methodologies, investigation methodologies are pertinent across um, you know, XDR solutions regardless of your vendor of choice. So hopefully folks will join us for that. Uh, details for all of these are available on threatreel.com. And uh, I will let you, Micah, close out with your next upcoming event. Sure. Thank you very much, Matt. So I submitted last year to RSA conference and uh, I got accepted as a tentative last year. They didn't pay my services, but this year, I'm down as an official presenter at RSA conference, which is, it's amazing. It's humbling that even as an independent IT security practitioner, that if you put in the work, you can uh, be recognized by some of the titans of our industry, that you can have an impact. And so I'm honored to represent Cincinnati on that stage. All right. Great. Thanks so much, Micah. Thank you for listening to the Threat Real Podcast pilot episode, all in podcast music, copyright 2021, Dave Whitener. Visit online at davewhitener.com slash music. Use with permission by Threat Real.